Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, church. Hi, my name is Lou. It's so good to be back with you all this morning. For those of you who don't know me, I um, have been a part of Vineyard 61 Church since November 2015. Um, I joined a couple of months after they first launched here, and then I moved across to the Battersea site, and yeah, it's just been amazing. I love Vineyard 61. I love Viv and Steve. I love the church leadership, so it's an honor to be back with you this morning in person, and I just want to say hi to the people online. Line. Hello. Um, the last few weeks I've been sat in Ripper, North Yorkshire, in my mum's living room, watching, joining everyone online. So yeah, it's great to be able to talk to you online and in person too. Um, so this morning I'm going to continue on with our summer um, psalm series, as well as sharing a bit about my journey from the last nine months. So yeah, I just want to say to you guys, like worship, like Holy Spirit was moving so much in worship. <clears throat> and we want to stay in that place. Like we don't move out of worship when we move into notices, when we move into interviews, when we move into giving, like it's all a part of worship. And we don't move out of worship when we listen to the word and when I share stories. So you guys have got full permission. If you feel Holy Spirit moving, like close your eyes, be in that moment with him, lie on the floor. If you're in your houses, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. Like you've got full permission. I'm just here to, to share a few words that I feel like he's laid on my heart as a way for us to continue engaging with him. And so, yeah, let's engage. So I'm just going to pray to start. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing in this space. We just acknowledge you again. We take a deep breath of your goodness in again. We fill our hearts, our lungs, our bodies again with your goodness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way that you're settling upon us, the way that you're moving within us. Thank you for the way you're going to be speaking to us in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies. Yeah, you're so welcome. This is your space, so would you come and have your way? Would you continue to keep moving in the way that you are? We love you and we honor you, King Jesus. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. So I've just spent the last nine months um, in North California at Bethel. I've just done their first year um, at their school, which is a school of supernatural ministries. I'm sure quite a lot of you have heard of Bethel, um, whether you've heard of the school, there's quite a few of us that have been before, or whether you've heard about it through the worship music. We sing quite a lot of their songs here on a Sunday. Um, I first heard about Bethel eight years ago from a friend and uh, it's always been a dream in my heart to be able to go ever since and I found myself going last year which was so amazing to be able to go and spend that time there. So I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you from this last year about how God has just been unpacking a few things to me. Um, so started 
I went along, we got to do two weeks in person, and then um, we got put online like the rest of the world, um, which actually was amazing because it meant that I was in my bedroom, it was just me and God in my bedroom. So I was able to just press deeper into him. Um, so we did a few months online and then we got creative, the school got creative, we started meeting outside on a field, we started meeting in the car park, and the school bought a massive tent and they put it on the car park and they called it the Revival Tent. And that was wild, we got to meet inside there we got to worship and pray Um, and then right at the end of school we got to go back in person Um, being called the school of supernatural ministry um, it believes a lot in like signs and wonders and miracles and seeing God uh, move in that way like we read about in the gospels we see Jesus performing miracles we see him um, casting out demons we see him um, yeah just bringing freedom to people and uh, yeah as the school like it really believes that we get to walk in that today too which is exactly what the cool values are at Vineyard 61 here as well exactly what we believe here on Sundays too where we know that we can come here to church and as we're worshiping or during the prayer ministry we get to see God moving through us bringing healing setting people free that it's not just uh, written about in the word for, for back then but it's actually so relevant for us now that what Jesus taught of them we get to walk in now um so it was amazing being in this space and just digging into it deeper. Um, one ministry trip that I got to go on, I went to North Carolina. And um, we, yeah, one of my favorite things that we did there was we got to minister in 24 McDonald's. So hello, McDonald's here in London too. Um, the guy that owned the McDonald's, he was a Christian. So he said, guys, just come in. You can pray for the staff. You can pray for the customers. So we were like, amazing. So we went inside and we set up little sections and one by one, he would bring uh, the staff to us and we would ask them, would you like prayer for anything? Um, They would share with us what they wanted prayer for and then we'd pray. Um, We saw shoulders loosen up. We saw arthritis in fingers that were locked start to freedom to come and people can move their fingers again. We sat there as as people said, you could just see like weariness on people. And as we shared, they were refreshed there was new life inside their eyes um, people shared their hearts with us struggles with us uh, things to do with their children their longings and dreams for their children and we got to stand alongside them in this moment and speak hope and life um, but one of my favorite things about the McDonald's outreach was going to their drive through I was like there wasn't in one McDonald's there wasn't a lot of customers I was like Let's go to the drive-thru. So I grabbed another girl and we went and stood in the drive-thru queue. And as cars drove up, we were like, hey, um, we're here with McDonald's. Can we pray for you for anything? Um, and it was so fun because we got a few minutes of prayer. Um, where, yeah, a few minutes with them where hardly anybody said no. Um, we just got to bless them in that moment. We got to hear a little snippet of their life and their journey. Um, we got to send them on to go and collect their food like with full hearts and an encounter with the Lord. Um, But yeah, we found in those moments that people weren't just hungry for food, they were hungry for more. Um, This whole school year, it's been really cool because there's been a big emphasis on prayer, the power of prayer. yeah, creating and cultivating a space to pray and to be a praying people. And that's so cool for me because I just love prayer. And a lot of my journey with God has God has been God unpacking prayer to me and what it really means to commune with God in this way of prayer. And so for God to put me in this place around these people that are also being talked about, I was like, God, I know I'm meant to be here for now. 
So yeah, we had three months of online school, then the revival tent got put up, as Alex and Hannah Marie would know, we were all in the revival tent together. Um, and the very first session in the revival tent, the Holy Spirit came, he moved. We were so hungry for him. We were like, we've been worshiping by ourselves in our rooms, like, come on, God. He came and the staff were like, God has not finished doing what he wants to do right now. We're going to end the meeting, but we're going to meet back tonight and we're going to let him continue moving how he wants to. So we met back 6.30 p.m. that evening um, to just create a space for God to move, agenda-free. It was just a space. And that one evening turned into meeting 6.30 till 8.30 for the rest of the week and the rest of the week after that and then the next three months going by where we would just meet together. We just created space um, for God to move. We just cried out for more of his kingdom to come. Um, yeah, it was the hunger inside of people that cultivated a space for Jesus and for Holy Spirit to come and move. And my personal journey with God over the last year has really been one of intimacy, of being in the secret place with God. But the year was really different to how I first imagined it would be. I just love people. And so the idea of going to Bethel to meet so many amazing people, to join amazing community, to go really deep with like new people, it was like my dream. But God had very different ideas. It was like, yes, I went there and I met so many amazing people. But actually, Jesus quickly told me like, Lou, you're not there for the people. You're there for me. And so he kept taking me away, like drawing me out. It would just be me and him. We'd walk and talk together. We'd commune together. We spent hours together, just me and him. Every Thursday, it's my favorite day of the week. After school was finished, I'd get in my car and I'd drive to the lake. Um, this was a time where I would turn my phone off. It was just me and Jesus. I'd process the week and I would, um, yeah, just be like, God, like, what, what have you been personally doing in my heart this week? Um, and then I made space to intentionally have fun with the Holy Spirit. Um, I wanted to learn to interact with him as a child. So it was whether we like played hide and seek together <laughs> or we like danced on the beach together <laughs> or we um, swam in the sea together. I just wanted to be really intentional with being childlike, exploring a new intimacy with him in this way. Didn't matter what I did as long as I did it together with him. And it, might, it might sound wild and definitely at times it looked wild and there was a few moments where I thought I was by myself and I realized I wasn't. And then, oh, especially when you're like looking under rocks. Nope, Holy Spirit, you're not under there. <laughs> uh, but I just know that he loved it even though it felt embarrassing. Um, but yeah, these Thursdays, they marked my week and I could not wait to get back to the lake. I hungered all week for this time with God. We're so intimately connected to him. He knows us so well, whether we know it or not. Um, yeah, and we cannot escape from him. We can't escape from him. In Psalm 139, verse 7, a psalm that we all know so well, and it says so beautifully, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And later in verse 13, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 16 goes on to say, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
Even at the start of time, even, yeah, right from the start, he had planned out our lives as individuals, unique and personal plans, handcrafted by him, knowing exactly who we are because he created us. He formed us and created us. And now here on this earth, we can't escape his presence. There's such intimacy. Another part of my year um, and intimacy with God was very much learning to yield to the Holy Spirit. Learning to trust him with my life, to trust him with my heart, to trust him with my body, my whole holistic being. In Romans 12, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And again, I've read this over and over and over again, as I'm sure many of us have. Um, And I've often thought about this verse in regards to the way that I love people, the way I choose to honor people, the way I choose to like honor God and serve God and serve people, which is so right. But this year I had a greater revelation of us being a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, of him actually making his home within us, that we are a holy temple. Our body is his holy temple. In Corinthians, Paul talks to the church and says, don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the spirit of God makes his permanent home on you? And then later on, he talks to the people as individuals and he says, haven't you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the the spirit of holiness who lives in you? Don't you belong You don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. You are God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means then, use your body to bring glory to God. As we know, when it was time, Jesus left the earth physically and then the Holy Spirit came to dwell among us here. And he came to make, um, yeah, his home within us, that we get to become a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, which is wild to think about, isn't it? The Holy of Holies lives within us, um, that we are a holy temple for the Holy One. And I love how the Holy Spirit, he lives inside of us for us, but he comes and rests upon us for other people, for when we pray for people and go and minister to people. So let's position ourselves to be the resting place for the Holy Spirit so that he knows he's always welcome to come and dwell among us and, and like live within us. So um, yeah, we're, we're working through the Psalms every week, as you know, as you've been following along. So this morning, I really wanted to focus on Psalm 63, which is titled Thirsting After God. I'm going to read it out in a moment, and um, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So feel free to follow along in your own Bibles if it's a different translation, or you can just shut your eyes and just let me read it over you. O God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that cannot be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. 
For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your shadow, your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell. They will be consumed by their own evil and become nothing more than dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever, but with the anointing of a king, I will dance and rejoice along with all his lovers who trust in him. Psalm 63 is a genuine prayer from the heart of King David. The location of writing the psalm is described generally as uh, in the wilderness of Judea. And unlike many of the psalms written in these dire situations, the psalm is actually overflowing with thanksgiving rather than with lament and petition. Um, Yeah, David declares his longing for spiritual renewal in the first two verses. He expresses his thankfulness, verses three to six. He expresses his trust in God, verses seven to eight. And he announces hope for for the future in verses nine to 11. Enemies are actually only mentioned in passing in verses nine to 10. The psalm is a combination of present, past and future starts off in the present where David is seeking God's presence the next few verses then go into um, the past where David is remembering the power of God like this that's another thing I've really learned this year like the power of remembrance the power of testimony of remembering what God's done before and bringing it into the future Um, and then in the future in the last few verses he's anticipating God's judgment In deepest words of devotion, this psalm expresses David's deep, deep love for the Lord. David loves being with God. He had such an intimate relationship with him, but yet he still longs for more. He's still crying out for more. Verse one says, O Lord of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that cannot be described. Such yearning grits my soul for you, my God. Um, Yeah, and in the NIV version, it says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. That really reminds me of the start of Psalm 42, where it says, as the deer pants for water, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Just as our bodies need food and drink to nourish them, to sustain them, so our souls need nourishment from the living God. And that comes through him and through the Holy Spirit. 
Um, in John chapter 7, we find Jesus talking to the crowds. Uh, and this is titled, Rivers of Living Water. Verse 37 says, Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your inmost being, just like the scripture says. And then verse 39 goes on to say, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in all his splendor. As we can see here, Jesus is sharing with the crowd that the Holy Spirit was about to come to dwell among them, that he was going to be the one that was going to satisfy their thirst. And then in just a few chapters before, um, Jesus goes and meets with the Samaritan woman, which is the beautiful story of at, of at the well. Jesus says, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. But anyone who drinks from the living water I give them will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. We have to thirst for God because it is in thirsting for him that he is the one who satisfies our thirst with his life and it is he that will sustain us. So what does it mean to thirst after God? So the word thirst means a feeling of needing or wanting to drink something, to have a strong desire for something. And how often do we try and fill our own thirst? How often do we go shopping? Do we indulge in comfort food? Do we like engage with the latest whatever? Do we go on dates? Um, but really, God is saying that you can only be fully satisfied when you are the one, when I am the one that fills you and I am the one that you drink from. We're all made to thirst. It is a natural thing. But the focus is on how we choose to fill that thirst. I love how the Passion Translation puts um, verse 2. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. Every time we make space to meet with God, every time we're intentional about coming before him, he energizes us. You can see through the psalm that, Dave, that David had such intimacy with the Lord. O oh Lord of my life, I'm lovesick for you. Verse 4, daily I worship you passionately and with all my heart. Verse 8, with passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. So having an intimate relationship with God is key. To know him, to know who he is, to know of his ways, to know of his promises over our lives personally and to be desiring more of him, which requires us to be intentional in pursuing him and to responding to his pursuit of us because he's always pursuing us. It's just whether we're tuned in to his pursuit. And again, verse four, daily I worship you. Verse seven and six and seven, I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. Verse eight, with passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. David clearly had this intimacy with the Lord in such an intentional way of making it a priority to actively pursue God and to position himself to be aware of God's pursuit. 
There are so many things in the world that can distract us. But if we, uh, yeah, but if we intentionally take time to like zone back into God, to set time aside, to be with our lover, our king, um, if we allow him to be the one who comes and satisfies us and our hearts with his living water, and that is how he refreshes us. And like David, our response to our thirst for more of him is to create time with him. David created time as he was going to bed to reflect, to engage. David created time throughout his day to be with God. It might be that you're listening to me and you're thinking, I'm not particularly thirsty for God or I don't really know what that means. And that's totally okay because we go through seasons and in seasons, you know, we're not particularly thirsty for God. But if we choose to turn our focus back to him or turn our focus to him for the first time and allow him and just position ourselves and posture ourselves for him to come and move, for him to come and refresh us, then he comes and the more we drink of him and his goodness, the more that we long for him to come, the more that we want to get to know him. Another thing that I uh, just was really pondering on this year was that when we cry out for God, we're not crying out from a touch, from a thing. Um, yes, God, we, pr- we come here on Sundays and we pray, God, would you touch me? I need to be refreshed. I need a refreshing. And that is so good. And that is so necessary because of how chaotic the world is. It's so good to come into a holy place and to receive him. But God wants to commune with us daily. It can't just be that. He wants to commune with us every day of our lives. He wants to be involved in everything. He's a relational God. He's not just a thing. Um, yeah, he, he's an individual who wants to come and be a part of every part of our lives. He wants to be invited into the frustrations. He wants to be invited into the celebrations. He wants to be invited into the strategic planning. He wants to be invited into the downtime chilling, the mundane, the exciting. He wants to be involved. So I just got back um, from a prayer trip to Ibiza, the Spanish party island. Um, I love to go to Ibiza for people that know know me, you would know that. Um, Over the last few months, I felt like God say, Lou, go and pray, go and pray in Ibiza. So I went over once I got back from California. um, And on my first day when I arrived, uh, God said to me, Lou, what if I brought you here to have fun with me and to be pursued by me? And I was like, oh, I've come here to pray. Like it felt so uncomfortable that God was inviting me into a space to have fun when I had an agenda of, I thought I was coming here to pray. So I was like, no, Jesus, I'll come here to pray. It felt so uncomfortable. But I had the whole three and a half weeks of being there of God just inviting me in deeper. One evening I heard his whispers say, Lou, should we go and get frozen yogurt and take a walk along the pier? So I was like, okay. So we went out in the dark and we got frozen yogurt and we sat on the pier and I was like, Jesus, what do you like from the view that we can see? And he was like, I love the sound of the waves, the different depths that they make when they crash into the rocks. On this trip, I was able to cultivate a new level of intimacy with God that I haven't had before because I had time and I had space. And yes, time and space here is an absolute luxury. Three and a half weeks of getting to hang out with Jesus in such an intentional way. Um, but it's, that's not usually realistic for normal life. 
So for us here in London, it's thinking, you know, when we're putting our schedules together at the start of the week, like where is the time where we're going to have fun with God? Where is the time when we're going to go for a coffee with God? Where's the time where we're going to be like, Jesus, show me a new walk. Take me in a new direction along this common. Like it's up to us to, to intentionally create that space for him. And he loves it so much. He loves spending that time with us. He loves showing us new things. He loves adventuring with us. Perhaps in a super busy season, it might be more about the intentionality in the small things. Like a new mama whilst feeding her baby in the early hours of the morning. It might be that as you're sitting there, you just welcome the peace of God to come and fill you. It might be that you say, Father God, like, how do you see my daughter? How do you see my son? Like, what are the words that you have over their life? Receiving peace for them and, yeah, receiving peace for yourself. Um, it might be that you need to go to the shop and you're just like, Jesus, do you want to come shopping with me? Just inviting him to come wherever you go. I mean, he's always th already there, isn't he? But he just loves to, us to be intentional with him. He doesn't always have to be so romantic. He just wants to be involved. But it's down to us to create that time and space um, to respond to the thirst within our souls for more of him. And in return, he promises us abundant life, that he will satisfy our thirst. Yeah, in verse 5 where it says, I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I'm going to wel uh, welcome the worship team back up um, as we get ready to, yeah, just finish. But I feel like I've only just started to unpack uh, this intimacy journey with Jesus. I feel like I've only just at the start of being like, Jesus, what does intimacy look like with you? What does it look like to have fun with you, Holy Spirit? What does it look like to engage with you in that way, Jesus? I'm zealous for God's time. Every time I spend time with him, I'm like, I want more of this. I'm jealous to spend time just me and him. And I never want this to, never want it to change. So let's challenge ourselves this week to respond to the thirst within our soul, to know that he is constantly inviting us in deeper. He's constantly inviting us in deeper. He's inviting us in deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, he wants to get to know us more and we want to get to know him more. I want to get to know you more, Jesus. I want to get to know your ways. Yeah, let's be intentional this week as we choose to spend time with him, knowing that as the depths of us connect to the depths of him, yeah, that he's going to be refreshing us, he's going to be restoring us, that he's going to be surprising us, he's going to be inviting us in. Yeah. So we're just going to, yeah, just as the worship band start to play in a moment, I'm just going to welcome the Holy Spirit just to come and, yeah, fall upon us again. You might want to stand as an active thing of being like, Holy Spirit, I'm standing and I'm positioning myself to receive. But you might want to sit. You might want to, as we were singing earlier, sitting at the feet of Jesus. You might want to come and sit at the foot of the cross. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, thank you that you are a person. Yeah, we make space for you, faithful one. We make space for you again, faithful one. We connect our eyes back to you. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and increase your presence afresh on us, God?
Yeah, we just wait on you, Holy Spirit. outside the church a few days ago and I just had the picture of just sunlight falling upon our faces and when we walk outside into the sun we can't stop sunlight from falling upon our faces it just happens so easily and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like it's easy to connect with me it's easy to engage with me just like when you walk out and the sun falls upon you he just falls upon us like that thank you Holy Spirit of us cry out to the depths of you God we drink you in Holy Spirit thank you God thank you God thank you God yeah when I was praying yesterday I also felt like the Lord was going to be giving new mirrors and placing new mirrors in front of people. You're going to see yourself with new eyes. You're going to see yourself as holy and pure ones. And I felt like sometimes, I remember when I was a kid, it would be like, don't drop a mirror, don't break it, because if it cracks and you look inside it, you're going to be cursed for 13 years, seven years. And I felt like the Lord was, he was just going to be breaking off things that people had spoken over people. He was going to be breaking off things that you labeled yourself with that he was coming and he was going to be bringing just a new just a new sense of freedom today so just in this space we have permission to throw off the old to let go of the old to know that Jesus is coming that he's a God of freedom that he's going to be bringing yeah we just receive your freedom God we welcome the fresh mirrors that you choose to place in front of us that we would have new eyes to see ourselves the way that you see us God as pure and holy because we reflect your image, God, and you are pure and holy. Yeah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers. 